It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On Dolphins, hosted by Travis Wingfield. Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. What's up, Dolphins? And welcome into the Friday, October the 19th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, some final thoughts ahead of the Lions game on Sunday, a review of the offseason moves so far, the Twitter mailbag, and before this show is done, we are going to choose a nickname for Brock Osweiler. But first, before any of that, I kindly invite all of you to go onto iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever you rate your podcast at, subscribe to the podcast, leave us a rating, leave us a review, and share the podcast with a friend or a fellow Dolphins fan. Follow me on Twitter, at NFL. Follow the show, at LockedOnFins. And you can find my work at a variety of places. LockedOnDolphins.com, the number one blog in the LockedOn Network. FanRag Sports, Palm Beach Post as well as thirdand10.com. And of course, last but not least, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts like the Locked On Heat podcast and Locked On Magic podcast for all the local NBA coverage of your favorite teams. And it is Friday, which means we have one last day of practice and an injury report to go over. Let's talk about Thursday's practice report from both Miami and Detroit. And real quick before I get into this, there has been some more ambiguity on Ryan Tannehill's throwing shoulder and just what the hell is going on there. I really don't know at this point. Adam Gates has been very coy and very discreet about the whole situation. They said it's not a surgery thing, so that's good news, but also that it's sore and they don't know when he's going to be ready to, I guess, not be sore and play going forward. So we might get Tannehill back in a couple of games. We might not. I just don't know at this point. Let's go ahead and talk about the game on Sunday, though, without Ryan Tannehill and this injury report. Danny Amendola, as you guys know, he has Thursdays off every single week of the season, like Frank Gore has his Wednesdays off. Jonathan Woodard and Charles Harris both did not practice, and on the limited list was Andre Branch, Bobby McCain, Ryan Tannehill, and Cameron Wake. It sounds like McCain will be back. As far as Wake, I do not quite know yet. Antoine Staley, the Dolphins beat writer for USA Today, said it might not be this week for Wake or even Thursday. It could be a two-week thing for him, but we will see on that. As far as the Lions, same deal as yesterday. Sounds like Ezekiel Ansah might come back for this game. And then Theo Riddick, as well as Tease Tabor and TJ Lang, all these guys' status for the game on Sunday is questionable. So it sounds like the Dolphins and Lions are right about in the same area as far as health outside of the quarterback position, obviously. But we are 48 hours away from kickoff, depending on when you listen to this podcast. Let's go ahead and break down the final elements of the game that I want to talk about on the podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins couple of thoughts on the Detroit Lions team, and I really am not that impressed when I watch them on film or by the analytics or really by any measure outside of the fact that they do have some good skill players. But here are some notes for you guys. Teams this year in 2018 are just one and three off the bye week, and I think this could be a problem for a new coaching staff. It's not something that you just automatically get the week off and you're going to be better. Sometimes coaches have a hard time reining guys back in the week away and get guys' heads away from the game. So I think that Patricia and the personality he has and the early 
reports this season that the team maybe wasn't buying into his whole program and the things he were saying. It could be a problem. Of course, health is always better, but I think the Dolphins catching the Lions off a bye week is not a big deal at all. The Dolphins are home dogs, and in such scenarios over the last couple of years, they are actually over 500 in winning games on the field, and they cover the spread at even a higher rate than that. The heat factor, that one's big, and really, it surprises me that well, that people are surprised by this element of the game in South Florida every single week when they play at home. The remodel of the stadium, getting the visitor's bench into that sunshine. The Lions beat reporter slash Locked On Lions host was asking me about how they had that set up with the, the visiting sideline having all the sun and the home sideline having all the shade. People aren't aware of this outside of Miami, I suppose, and that's why teams melt in the fourth quarter, and that's why this team is going to melt in the fourth quarter because coming down from Detroit, Michigan, where it's like 40, 50 degrees right now, yeah, good luck dealing with that. If this game is close in the fourth quarter, Miami is going to win. And then last, just protect Brock Osweiler or put a plan in place where he can't ruin the game for you. The Dolphins match up so well everywhere else on the field with this Lions team. As long as Osweiler does not blow it, I think the Dolphins are going to win this game pretty easily. And I spoke about that 26-20 to final on the podcast yesterday, but I would not be at all surprised if Miami finds a way to win this game by multiple scores. And changing gears here, before we get into the Twitter mailbag, I tweeted about this player and talked about it on the columns and the podcast throughout the week. But the impact new tight end Nick O'Leary in just two games has had has been really great and also pretty similar to what Marquise Gray did in 2016 when he started getting on the field more once the calendar turned to October. And in the Dolphins' loss to the Tennessee Titans that year that put them down to 1-4, and four, Gray played six snaps, the next week he played 27, and the next week he played 60, and in those two games where he got more work, obviously more in the latter, but in those two games, the Dolphins ran the ball for almost 500 rushing yards in those two victories, and Nick O'Leary comes out of nowhere, a street free agent, and he plays 28 snaps against the Bengals, and then 52 on Sunday against the Bears, and wouldn't you know it, the Dolphins have 161 rushing yards against the Bears, and not quite as much against the Bengals, but ran the ball very effectively there. Yesterday, I locked up the 200-yard performance for the Dolphins running backs in this game, and I think a big part of that has to do with Nick O'Leary, and also Travis Swanson, the center, who has been fantastic in the last two games. Together, they give you more push in the ground game, and Miami has been very multiple in their run sets this year, and I think that just makes them even more of that, even more multiple, and I'm excited to see what they can do, regardless of who's plays quarterback, because this running game has been good this year, and I think a lot of that has to do with the running backs coach and running game coordinator, Eric Studisville, the guy we hired over from the Denver Broncos. All right, we have Twitter questions up next. Brock's nickname and the off-season moves review. We'll do all those next on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. It's at Wingfield NFL on Twitter, and the show is at Locked On Fins. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this off-season, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? 
Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are on to segment two for the Friday podcast, and we have your Twitter questions to get to here in just a minute. But first, I want to talk about the off-season review so far. I know it's a weird time to do it just six weeks into the season, and I'll probably look stupid on this in just a couple of weeks when some of these guys fall off the face of the earth. But the Dolphins' offseason was really, really fucking good when you look at the players they brought in. Let's start with Albert Wilson first. I think everyone would agree, home run signing there, value for his money, big-time production. Danny Amendola, the production's not there, but you watch the way he helped in the pass and run game last week. He's a clutch, clutch player on third down. He's been big-time, definitely a thumbs-up for him. Frank Gore, obviously thumbs-up. Never thought we'd get that kind of production out of a 97-year-old running back. Robert Quinn, not quite the sack total yet, but without him, think about this pass rush and where it would be because he is creating pressure, just not quite getting home. He is a thumbs up signing there. Minka Fitzpatrick, home run, double thumbs up, whatever you want to call it. He was fantastic. Jerome Baker has had a big impact. He's a thumbs up. I think he's going to be a sub package and eventually maybe even a three down linebacker on this team in the near future. Akeem Spence, not as good as Vince Taylor, Devon Godshaw, but definitely a big part of that three-man rotation up front. Thumbs up for him. Jason Sanders has a game-winning field goal, has not missed a field goal yet. Thumbs up all the way for him. Brock Osweiler, he won a game. A backup quarterback wins a game. That is a successful signing. He gets a thumbs up. And now we have two guys that did not get thumbs up. Josh Sitton, I gave him a medical because he played good in one game and then he got hurt for the year. So that's incomplete grade. Dan Kilgore is the one guy that I gave a no, a thumbs down, an X, whatever you want to call it. He wasn't playing that good before he got hurt and then he gets hurt. So his backup comes in and plays better than him. So I think Dan Kilgore, the lone offseason move that did not work out for the Dolphins. Pretty crazy to say that. And I also say that without talking about the other rookies in this draft class. It's incomplete on those guys still. Mike Kosicki, Durham Smythe, Kalen Balaj. Those guys, as well as the other rookies I mentioned in this thing, will have further evaluations throughout the course of the next year and four years even beyond that. But it sounds like the Dolphins have hit a fantastic home run in the offseason this year. If they can do it again, we'll have really big expectations in 2019. All right, guys, the time we've all been waiting for, the Twitter questions. I asked you guys to put your questions on Twitter as well as your Brock Osweiler nicknames. I have plenty of those, but I also got some questions out of you guys. Let's go ahead and start cranking those out. The first one here comes from Matthias at Wecknerd. How likely is it that the Finns emerge 2-0 after playing the Lions and Texans? I'm going to say unlikely just because the road Thursday game is such a tough challenge. And even though the Texans cannot block anybody up front, their defense is really good. And I think they could eat Brock Osweiler alive in that game. Next one here comes from Austin Bullock at a Bullock 17. Peyton Manning has been helping behind the scenes with the Dolphins for the past few years and was seen sitting with Marino last Sunday. Do you think this develops into anything like a coaching or front office job within the organization? I hope it does. I think Peyton Manning is a really smart guy despite those terrible Allstate commercials or whatever the hell it is. He obviously has a good football mind. As far as evaluating talent, you just really can't know with a guy like that. I mean, look at John Elway and how terrible he has been. But I think that if he wants to work with this team in some capacity, I would absolutely welcome that, whether it's a coach or the front office. I doubt it's coaching. That's a lot of work, and those guys don't want to work after they retire. 
Next question from Steven Alexander at Stevie Zander. If Tannehill comes back for the Jets game and returns to his first three weeks of the season form, is he the unquestioned starter going into next year? Oh, that's a really good question and a really tough one. I think the medical risk certainly puts some doubt in that. And I would be very surprised if they didn't really attack the position this offseason, whether it's the draft or free agency. I would be very surprised if Tannehill comes back alone as the only quarterback once again next year. So I guess the answer to that would be no for me even though I do think it's entirely possible that he comes back and plays very well this year if he is healthy. I'm just not sure if he's healthy. Next question comes from Ocean Jackson, at Ocean underscore Jackson. With Albert Wilson's recent success, do you see the Lions taking him away from the game like they did with Gronk against the Patriots? And if so, who do you see stepping up? Jakeem Grant, perhaps? I think it's a possibility. I mean, Patricia has shown that before with the Patriots and now with the Lions. And the thing about it, though, is he's not really... You can't scheme him out of the game when he's taking screen passes to the house. You can't take that away from a team. So if he does that, there's no hope for the Lions that they want to take him out and have that happen. But if they want to find something else, I think the jet sweep has to come back this week because I just feel like the Lions are going to dedicate bodies to the running game and really push the interior of the Dolphins' offensive line, which means you can get on the outside on the edges and beat them with the running game that way. So yes, Jakeem Grant would be a fantastic option for that. Next question from A.A. Dominguez at Rotomus Bowtie. Is the Tannehill injury the result of a fluke or a steady progression of taking a pounding for so long that it's now catching up with him. I know the injuries have sucked for us as Dolph fans and for Ryan Tannehill, obviously, but I don't think that he necessarily has an injury risk tag at this point. I mean, yeah, he he is a medical concern because once you have injuries, that just means you are medical concern. But as far as being injury prone... I wouldn't go that far. His arm really got ripped back in an awkward way in that Cincinnati game. And I don't think many people's arms, quarterback or otherwise, would have survived that one. Okay, let's try to find some non-Tannehill questions here. Next one comes from Octavio Mendez at Octo84. With one week's worth of film of this new simplified offense, how much do you think Patricia can take away from Brock's underneath throws and make him uncomfortable or hesitate, maybe even force the ball into tighter coverage, causing the unwanted turnovers? To be honest, I don't really think Patricia has done a whole lot of exotic stuff with the Lions defense so far. The playmaking has really just come from guys making plays like Darius Slay, Quandre Diggs, or even Glover Quinn back there, the three really good defensive backs for the Detroit Lions. But it hasn't been some creative scheme where they're robbing certain routes or or sending different blitzes and different gaps. But they also play a lot of dime defense and different sub quarter packages in the backfield to where it's just a bunch of guys dropping into coverage. So the Dolphins, the best way to continue that is just to run the ball. I know it sounds simple, but just run the ball and continue to get on that manageable schedule because from there, the Dolphins can really stay on the field and pick up those first downs and prevent Patricia from having the opportunity to bring out the different packages that can cause some of that confusion. Next question here comes from Greg Larson at GSL Now. What do you think was the reason Brock was able to run 70 plus plays and Tannehill has not hit that mark in any game this year? Hashtag we going to Brock you up. (laughs) Pretty good. Uh, The reason they did that was because I converted on third down. That's the only reason why really. I mean, they had the big plays that Tannehill and, and the receiving crew had earlier in the year, but they just converted a few more third downs eight times in the game on Sunday. They were never even close to that in the previous games with Tannehill. So just being more proficient on third down, but a lot of that has to do with the running game being better on first and second down because Frank Gore had several runs on first down that he had seven, eight, nine yards on making second and short. Very easy to convert from there. Okay, let's do one more here from Gavino Siciliano. I hope I said that right. At Gavino 13, can the Dolphins make the playoffs with the Brockinator as the quarterback? I don't, I, I don't think so, but I mean, crazier things have happened. If they play the way they did on Sunday offensively with the running game and obviously the big plays after the catch, absolutely, because the guys bailed him out and played well enough for his mistakes to not cost the team. 
But I think over the long haul, unless something different happens with Brock, if we see a different Brock, then yeah. But who he has been in the past, absolutely not. They will not make the playoffs. Because this AFC suddenly is better than we thought it would be with teams playing kind of above their means. Like the Ravens, the Steelers are getting back. The Browns are kind of playing better. The Chargers and Chiefs are both really good. The AFC South is bad, but one of those teams still has to go. So I think that if it's Brock all year, probably not. Probably closer to seven or eight wins. Whereas with Tannehill, I think you're still in that 10-win mold. So without Brock, probably not unless he changes who he is. All right, guys, I really appreciate those Twitter questions. If I didn't get to you this week, I do apologize, but I had 51 responses in that thread, so kind of tough to get to them all. We're going to pick Brock Osweiler's nickname next on the podcast here. It's the Locked On Dolphins podcast at Wingful NFL at Locked On Fins. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The final segment of the Friday podcast for October the 19th here, talking Lions and Dolphins, talking Twitter mailbag, and now we have to find a nickname for Brock Osweiler, Dolphins, I guess, current starting quarterback. I don't want to say new starting quarterback, but it's something fun to get us through this challenging time as we possibly look at another season that could go off the rails if our quarterback is out long-term once again. But here are some of the ones that I wrote down before I get to your guys's because I'm sure yours will top mine. Brock Ness Monster, I like that one. The Brock Lobster is an easy one. Brockingham Palace, eh, that doesn't really make sense. Brockham Sockham Robots, Brock Drop and Roll, Your Brock and Butter, I like that one a little bit. And of course, Johnny Brocker, a spinoff of Johnny Walker, my... Uh, go-to scotch whiskey blend there. But as you guys can tell, I'm in need of some help. So I'm going to go ahead and pull up that Twitter thread real quick here and pull out all of your guys' nicknames you suggested here. The easy one, of course, that I've seen a lot. Rock out with your Brock out. Detroit Brock City. Boulevard of Brock and Dreams. That is a nice spinoff of the Green Day song from way back in the day. Really like that one quite a bit. And there is one for Brocktimus Prime. We've got one here for Brock It Like It's Hot. That one's pretty good, too. We are going to Brock You Up from that earlier question from Greg Larson. We've got Dr. Brocktopus. That's a pretty good one. Uh, Brock's, Brock City Trick. Brock City Trick. <laughs> I like that one a lot from Andy Ebert at Andy Ebert. Uh, Brocky Four, as in the movie. Brocktimus Prime again. Brocktagon. Mad Dog Brockweiler. Hard Rock Brock, of course. And then here's one not so much fun on the other side of the ledger here from Rick Newman. His friend was calling him Lossweiler, which is actually pretty good, but now we can call him Oswinner. Those are pretty good ones. I think that that should be the case, whether he wins or loses. That way we keep ourselves open for both possibilities. And let's be real, the more 
likely possibility that he's going to probably lose more games than he wins if, like I said, he is the same Brock Osweiler, the same old Brock Lobster we came to know. Brock Death Monster, of course, I love that one. The Brock Lobster, Brockulies, <laughs> that's a pretty good one. Mr. Brocktober, Osweilating fan, as an Oscillating fan. Migo Swiler, I, that's, I think it's a rap thing, but I'm not quite sure on that one. Brockback Mountain, that's a, that's a great one too. Let's see what else we got here. Keep scrolling down. Another vote for Brockham Sockham Robots. Building Block Brock, that one's pretty good if he was to become a franchise quarterback or someone you can build around. Brock Turner, <laughs> Brock Pot, Brock and Roll, Welcome to the Brock. This month is clearly Brocktober, we know that one already. The Brock Nest Monster again, Brock Worst, Foot Brocker, Brock Buster, Brockade, Brock Job, <laughs> Brock of Seagulls, oh, Brocktopus because he's long, lanky, and surrounded by suckers, that's pretty good too. How big is Big Crocs, <laughs> Big Cock Brock's Cock exactly? Oh, I knew this was going to be funny, but I didn't expect to have a meltdown on the podcast here, but let's keep going on here. And then we end up here on the last tweet here with Hardcock Brock. I think we'll probably stay away from that one. I don't know. What do you guys think of all those? Which ones do you want to pick for his long-term uh, nickname as a Miami Dolphins quarterback? I, we probably should do it before Sunday, I guess, because if he loses the game, then it's like, who gives a shit about all this? But I guess if he wins the game, we can definitely pick one then. So you guys get back to me on Twitter, at NFL. Tell me which one of those you like the best. And we'll go forward with that name on the podcast here for the rest of the season. But as for this podcast, as for this week ahead of the game, that's going to be my time, guys. Let's go ahead and put this song appropriately on. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Lockdown Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at NFL. Follow the show at LockdownFins. And keep up to date on our Daily Dolphins blog at LockdownDolphins.com. You guys have a great weekend. We'll talk to you again on Sunday night slash Monday morning for a recap edition of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football. Fins up, Brock Lobster. the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.